2022 ACB Virtual DC Leadership Meetings will be held Saturday, March 12th through Tuesday, March 15th. Registration is $20 for ACB members and $30 for non-members. ACB members were sent a discount code via email. If you are an ACB member and did not receive the discount code, please call the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242. Registration closes March 9. Visit acb.org for more information or register at https slash slash tinyurl.com slash 2022-DC-Leadership-Meetings. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service, nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome in, take my hand, say hello to who you know and who you don't and who you can. We'll give promise to your springtime and beginnings to your ends. We'll try not to be cautious, we'll be friends. Welcome in, everyone. Uh, Just hit me. We'll give promise to your springtime. Somewhere we've got to have a promise that spring is going to come along this year as we've been sitting here talking for the last few minutes about the blizzards and the sub-zero temperatures around the country. We do need to keep in mind that spring is ahead of us. Every day, the sun is up a little bit longer, and we will get there. That's my positive attitude for tonight. Uh, I want to welcome all of you. I want to thank Ray Campbell for doing my hosting this evening, and Larry Gassman for streaming us on ACB Media One. Hello, ACB Media One. And I am just so pleased to have two very, very special friends and guests with us this evening. And we're going to talk about life coaching. And we have lots of questions for the two of them. But I want, I know that they've got a couple of things that they want to say first. So I want to welcome. Pam Shaw, who is a past first vice president of ACB, way in the past, back in back in the day, and um, is back involved now. And I'm just delighted to have Pam on with me tonight. And a much newer friend, but a very dear one, who has uh, is no stranger to visibilities, as he's been on a few times in the past, mostly talking to us about wine. As opposed to whining, I guess. And that's Gabriel Lopez Cafati, and I thank you both for joining us tonight. And good evening. And I think you two want to maybe do a little bit of explaining of what we are and aren't planning to do tonight. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. You you sure, Pam? (laughs) Sure. Okay. (laughs) Well. First of all, we're we're not counseling. Um, this is by all means not intended to be a therapy session or treatment. And um, we are uh, we're we're just here uh, to to have a nice conversation 
about uh, life coaching and comparing it to uh, therapy or counseling and uh, what it is, what it's not, and uh, who, you know, who is it for, who is it not for, and all that good stuff. So basically like a, like an FAQ of life coaching. Pam? Great. And I think the other part of that is that we want to certainly provide some good information to you so that wherever you are, you'll have a bit of a direction. Um, this can range from something that you need to handle personally, not with us, but also the opportunities for um, blind and visually impaired people in these fields. So we hope tonight, again, to share information, and I know I'm going to learn from each of you. Thanks a lot. I'm going to, let me ask this question first. Can one of you or both of you give us a brief description, uh, just kind of a thumbnail sketch, of the differences between life coaching, counseling, and therapy. Okay, well, this is Pam, and I will start with therapy, okay? Now, therapy is basically out of a medical model. That means that in therapy, there is a standard document that we use in mental health for the purposes of diagnosis, treatment planning, and um, assessment. And therapy, generally speaking, not all therapy, is in many instances now covered by insurance, but not all therapists take insurance. So you could have a private pay arrangement or a sliding scale. But again, it's a medical model. And not again, not everybody, but sometimes even in the therapeutic process, um, there may be the use of medication. Now, one of the things also to remember in therapy is that in order to practice, because therapy tends to be, at least psychotherapy, is regulated um, by states for the most part, and you are required to have a license, and in order to get that license, you have to do so many hours of therapy, and there is an exam that you have to pass to practice. As a therapy, life coaching is not based on a medical model. Um, there's no diagnosis. Uh, as Pam so eloquently explained, uh, therapy follows the model of diagnosis, um, treatment, assessment. With life coaching, um, the approach is the whole person. So, in in count, I mean, I'm sorry, in life coaching. Uh, there's no diagnosis because uh, from the point of view of life coaching, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing, there's no pathology. There's just um, uh, a, a disconnect between the actions that a person is taking on their day-to-day -day and the goals they want to achieve. So it's mainly like a, like a, like a system of alignment, like you... You go through coaching to find that uh, those inner answers to align yourself. Why am I not getting that job that I want? Why am I not in the relationship that I'm looking for? 
well, probably we need to look into what you are doing on your everyday and how that is matching or not matching to what your goals are. And um, it's, it's, uh, it, it does require a license as well, uh, but it's not, uh, you know, a, a, it's not a university uh, career. Uh, although nowadays they're, they're getting a little bit more expansive, uh, the programs uh, of life coaching. Uh, and within life coaching, just like with therapy, there are different models. Um, for example, just to throw out there, the model that I practice is the coactive model. Uh, and we call it coactive because the participation of the client or the coachee is, is very, very active. We are, as a coach, we learn to self-manage and just direct the conversations and the, and the sessions into the, uh, the coachee themselves finding the answers they have from within, not seeking for answers from us. So, and Pam, I don't know if we both want to cover counseling or you want to go ahead and. You go ahead with counseling and then we'll circle back around to life coaching a little more in life coaching. Okay. 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 So um, counseling, uh, I, I know it's a little bit more towards the, um, it, it's, it's similar to therapy in the sense that it's also practiced by a licensed uh, professional. And it is also uh, following a model that I believe is the model uh, set forth by the APA, by the American Psychological Association. Correct me if I'm wrong, Pam. Um, uh, this is what I know uh, from, from studying a little bit of, of the history. And, uh, and counseling is also on the model of, of diagnosis, uh, probably not as, as uh, it doesn't go as deep as therapy in terms of a pathology, but yeah, counseling uh, addresses other things like uh, traumas and uh, different uh, aspects of, of, of the human brain that, um, that go more into trying to decipher what you know, things from the past, things from childhood, things growing up that are affecting the person today. Yeah. I like that. You did that. That's very interesting. <laughs> Counseling is a bit of a challenge because of the way it's regulated. In many states, and at this point we're talking about mental health counseling, they have what mm -hmm. they call title protection and practice protection. You cannot, in some states, call yourself a counselor without a license. Now, in other states, you can use the word counselor, but you have to put something in front of it. For example, it might be professional counselor, something like that, because you will see people called counselors in every field. For example, housing counselors. So I noticed that more and more agencies are trying to get away from the use of the word because of the legal issue. And then in the practice protect practice area, you cannot do certain things, calling yourself a counselor without a license. So that's some of the challenges even in the language. But wanting to go on to um, coaching, in, in, in life coaching particularly, there are three ways that you, three things you want to consider. Number one, what is the role of the coach? Because in, in therapy, and when I was practicing privately, frankly, 
I was in charge. I did the assessment. I diagnosed. I did the treatment plan. I did all of that. And, of course, obviously with um, the feedback and involvement of my client, but I basically had that role. As a coach, and Gabe, how would you define our role as a coach? I think our role as a coach is is just that uh, that basically holding the hand of the coachee and uh, kind of guiding, you know, asking very powerful questions and bringing the focus, uh, always bringing the focus back to the coachee, to the to the person, and always uh, creating the space, holding the space for our coachees to practically with with powerful questions and metaphors and other techniques that we use um, to bring them bring those those answers that they have from within that are just being hidden that are, they're just holding themselves and uh, they're afraid of so it's basically like a, I like to compare it like a coach like you know if you if you go into sports if you go to a to a gym and you get a coach a coach is not actually lifting the weights for you the coach is just making sure that you're lifting the weights in a way that you're going to develop the muscle. So tomorrow, if the coach is not there, you're going to have the muscle and the muscle memory to know how to lift those weights without injuring yourself and by, and getting the results that you're looking for in the exercise. Mm-hmm. I like that, especially the part about lifting the weights. Um, and one of yep. the other things that we think about when we talk about that, we use a word in coaching and it defines um, a bit of the the relationship, and it's talking about co-creative. So in other words, as opposed to someone coming in and we're just kind of telling them what to do, and and one of the points it gave me that was really, really important was that we're pulling out what's within the person. What do they want? Where are they going? And then we form a relationship that helps them to get there because a lot of the challenge in coaching is helping people to align the life that they're leading with their values because when those Mm -hmm. things are out of misalignment, it, it, it is often where some of the challenges are coming from. And so we have, you know, the role, the relationship, and then we have the responsibility. Because in therapy and in mental health counseling, the therapist or the counselor has a lot of, quote, unquote, responsibility for the outcome. But in coaching, because the relationship is co-creative, it's really more focused on what does the client want? Where are they going? And those questions are designed to get there. So I found that in therapy, I often had to be the person, or I was supposed to be, the person with a lot of the answers. But the beauty for me of coaching, and Gabe, I hope you agree, is that you get to bring out what's already there in that person. I do, Pam. I do. I love it when when I hear, you know, in, 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 in a client or in a coachee, when I hear their you know, their um, moment of, of discovery of mm-hmm. something that they, you know, they've been wanting to say or they've been wanting to do. And that's a very, very beautiful thing that you said, Pam, and that's one of my favorite approaches when I do, when I start coaching someone, we start at addressing or, or, or pulling out those values. What are your values? Do you value, uh, you know, 
you know, you just to give an example, sometimes someone may be saying that they want that executive position and they can't get it. And then when you start uh, just pulling apart their values and bringing them to light, they say, well, you know, one of my biggest values is having a balance between work and family and spending lots of time with my family. Well, that executive job will demand 60 to 80 hours a week. Do you really want it? <laughs> you know, so once, yeah. they, once they start, once they start, <laughs> they start pointing out and, and, and expressing what their values are, they themselves come to the conclusion and then they start, oh, but you know what? I do enjoy doing this and this. And then you go through a different uh, avenue that they had not explored yet because they thought it was too crazy or too <laughs> wacky or whatever. And they end up doing beautiful things and then dedicating their lives and then right. finding that alignment between their values and what they're doing in their daily activities. Yeah. And I want to lighten it up a little bit because we're here talking about health, you know, coaching and, and a lot of us is going into the mental health side or, or just the life coaching side. But people these days are coaching in all kinds of things and all kinds of areas, obviously leadership, um, executive coaching. Mm-hmm. Now, this is one of my favorites, Gabe. I know somebody who coaches women who want to marry doctors. And you can, <laughs> Terry, you still that's, there? <laughs> that's very specific. <laughs> and, and so, you know, and people are, they're, they're really coaching in some interesting areas. But, of course, there are people who are specializing, and that's the other kind of thing, um, specializing in life coaching. Again, there's, there's a lot I'm finding more and more on uh, relationship coaching, um, in terms of, as Gabe was mentioning, people who are looking for jobs, they're also starting to be, and I'm hoping one of my soapbox box issues is I'm excited about the opportunity that this profession can, um, can allow for uh, blind people and, you know, because one of my things was I wanted a blind coach and couldn't find one. And so that's when I kind of got on. There are some around, believe me, there are. But, wow, what a great profession. And I think a lot of people go in. Gabe, I don't know if you like me, but I went in because in addition to wanting to help people, I love the freedom of my schedule, um, the freedom to even uh, keep my coaching affordable so that people, you know, can actually access it. And I'm, I'm really loving it and uh, having a good time. Also, I did not mention health coaching, but that's another big one. There's about 50 different areas that right now are very, very hot in this um, field. And when we went into the pandemic, as you know, a lot of people cha- are cha- they're changing their lives. You know, they're saying, gee, I finally realized what I was doing. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to go back there. Mm-hmm. So now we're seeing a whole lot of people who want that kind of uh, career coaching model. Yes, Pam, I, I agree with you. I went into coaching because I, you know, because I, I wanted to make that difference in people's lives. And I wanted to to be a part of, you know, one of the things that I love about, you know, coaching. And when I started investigating and doing my research and due diligence on what it was and how to how to get my license, I, one of the things that really captured my attention was evoke transformation so you know evoking transformation it's 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 not 
I, I many people had told me before I went into coaching that you know you would they would say Gabe you're such a good listener you give good advice you would be good at coaching and then I <laughs> went into coaching to discover that like we said earlier um, uh, coaching is not giving advice and uh, yeah. that is you know a lot of self-management that has to happen in in coaching because with caring uh, because I, I care for for my coaches I care Mm-hmm. Uh, on a on a very personal level but in caring you can be you can get carried away and then you have your own agenda for that person it may be mm-hmm. a good one yeah. i want the best for my friend or for yeah. the person who i'm coaching because i care for them but one of the things that we have to learn to self manage is honoring their agenda and even if it's screaming in your face and i'm dying to say you should do this <laughs> you <laughs> you self manage and you honor their agenda because it is mm-hmm. their it it is what because at the end of the day you know if we're we're if, if we don't honor their agenda and we try to impose our own agenda for the person we end up in the same place where we started because if it doesn't come from within if it's not part of your value system you will probably not find the attachment to whatever I'm proposing or whatever I'm advising. Oh, I'm going to pay attention and I'm going to do what you say because you're the coach. But two months from now, I really don't like this. Why? Because it did not come from within, because it did not come from one of my values. It came from my coach. So there you go. You, 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 you did a disservice to your, to your coachee rather than doing a, a, giving them something that will last. That's, that's right. And you have to, it's really interesting when you're dealing with people, and I find this even with friends at times, you do have to resist that temptation to quote unquote run their lives. And I find that some people, because they may have come from uh, being in therapy or being in counseling or even in previous, previous coaching, they want you to supply the answers. And so I have to really focus on the fact, and I say this to all of you on this line, you're the expert on you. Mm-hmm. What I'm pulling out is what you're thinking, getting you comfortable with it, helping you to be able to articulate it, design it so you can get rid of some of that conflict between what you think and what you ought and what you should. And the other one key for me, Gabe, is just helping people to be their authentic self. Oh, yeah. Amen to that. Because we find that all of us, you know, we're so used to having to be real on somebody else's terms that (laughs) sometimes we come in. So sometimes, you know, pulling back those layers, it can be challenging. But I I think it's it's very rewarding, again, as you said, when people can kind of come um, to themselves. And what I often find myself saying to people, authentic you is really good enough. It, you know, it, it's really good enough, and you have to decide. And I use a thing sometimes that works um, <clears throat> better with my women clients than it would with the gentlemen. And I say, you know what? You have to decide the length of your skirt. Are you going to go maxi, midi, midi, or mini? And either way, if I it fits that. who you are, that's you. Now, the other thing that I tell ladies about their skirts is that always remember it should be short enough to draw attention 
okay, but long enough to cover the subject. That's it for me, Terry. (laughs) (laughs) I told you folks that Pam would be fun. (laughs) Um, If you two want to take a, I'm not sure if this is a breather or plunging deep. We do have uh, a few people, a couple of people with their hands raised that I think have a couple of questions or comments. Sure, no problem. You ready to start on that? Sure, no problem. I'm, I am thoroughly enjoying this program, I have um, to say. Terry, do you want, me, to you want me to give the, uh, you want me to give the hand raising? Not yet, because we've, okay. already, we've got a couple already. All right. Um, first one's going to be Anthony. Anthony, if you want to unmute. All right. Hey, welcome. Uh, Thank you for letting me, uh, letting me, I was wondering if, um, I have two things I was hoping that they would talk about. Um, I was wondering if you talk a little bit about the differences between, you know, how to understand which model you want to go for, you know, say I don't feel assertive or I'm not having success with, with trying to diet and exercise versus I don't like the way these certain things make me feel, or I become angry because just as for instances. And then the second part is, you know, how to actually interview your coach or your, your, you know, potential coach or your potential therapist. I know a lot of us in, in this community find that the, the therapy therapeutic models out there want to immediately go towards the blindness the roots of a lot of what's going on is your blindness, is your blindness. So what are some tips on interviewing therapists and coaches before you kind of sign on? Thank you. Gabe, I'll give you first crack at that one. <laughs> give me one second. Um, so, so He's cracking Anthony okay. as we speak. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, so sure, the first, um, the first part of, of the question um, for example, uh, the uh, the the way in which people sometimes come with uh, with uh, something that they want to achieve. Um, first of all, the 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 approach that I always like to take from the very beginning, and I explain uh, to my coaches is uh, this is not a problem solving session. We're not fixing anything here because nothing is broken. <laughs> you're not broken, you're perfect. And um, I like to use the model, uh, the coactive model, which, which, uh, which starts by telling everyone, all coaches, that they are naturally creative, resourceful, and whole. So nothing is lacking. Everything comes in that vessel that is the person. So some of the questions, um, you know, powerful questions to get to the root uh, for example, someone may be saying, um, I, you know, don't like my body. For example, like you said, Anthony, I think that was one of the, the, the gist of one of the, one of the uh, examples. So what don't you like about it? What, what, what are your eating habits? What are your exercising habits? And then probably a person is going to tell me uh, that, that they don't really like exercising, that they really enjoy food. So at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's just a matter of being happy and, and not trying, like Pam said earlier, not trying to live your life with someone else's standards or someone else's values. Maybe you, you really don't care. You really like eating and you don't like exercising. Maybe you want to do it for health or for some other reasons, but 
don't compare your situation to anyone else's, let alone with, you know, the, the, the things that are depicted out there in terms of uh, what is uh, a, a, a healthy, quote unquote, body. Now, the questions well, I, that you... I, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. And, and the second question, you know, the, the some of the questions that we ask, um, or at least I ask for to understand, A, to understand, it, it's, it's a set of questions to understand for both parties. If the coachee is, 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 you know, is for a specific coach, And if we are actually someone who will add value to that person, maybe we cannot work with them because of certain values that are conflicting with us. You never know. So one of the first questions is addressing the values of the person and uh, also uh, explaining that some of the things, this is probably going to be a little bit more complicated. I, I, I'm trying to figure out a best way to explain it. So. So even if people come with, with, with a small anecdote to a session, even if they come with a, uh, something that happened to them, we don't focus on that. What we do, we do listen. Um, I, as a coach, listen. But I try to guide that anecdote or that story. How does that connect with the big agenda how does that connect with your values why did that make you feel that way why is that important for you how does that affect you how does that help you how does that hinder you so all those are powerful questions so at a coaching session is always full with with uh, those kind of powerful and most of the time if not many times uncomfortable questions because you know where where there's discomfort that's when growth starts happening And I'll take the second part of it first is um, talking about, you know, some tips and things like that as you're, as you're looking for a coach. One of the things I strongly recommend is that you have what we call a sample session with the coach. The reason for that is because you're going to be able to do two things. Number one, you're going to be able to tell whether or not it's a good fit. And always remember, it is your decision. And it also, if you have not had exposure to coaching, you can see what it would be like. Now, sample sessions can just be what I just described, but there's another type of thing that some coaches do, and they call it different things, but basically a breakthrough session. Um, but whether I'm doing sample or a breakthrough model, I want that person to leave that session with at least two things that they can implement immediately. Because that's the other kind of thing in therapy, sometimes, not all therapy, but it's a little bit different, where you're going to work up to something. But what I like, and Gabe, I think you would agree with this, what I like about coaching is it's action-oriented. And that's mm -hmm. one of the other kinds of things that distinguishes it. You know, you're not going to lay on my couch for 20 years, okay? This is a moving <laughs> yes action. That's why Gabe made the point about the past, because while the past, yes, it will come up from time to time, but that's not where we're going to stay because we're moving forward. Mm -hmm. The other um, piece, which I forgot, <laughs> the first part, okay, of Anthony's question, I think, um, Gabe, refresh me, was speaking to... I think he was asking about um, 
what oh. if, uh, depending on how how the coach she uh, addresses you if it's uh, some if it's uh, with assertive a way it, of, it came uh, back it it came okay. back okay. it came back the other thing is knowing i think the beginning was knowing whether what you should seek is therapy coaching or counseling mm-hmm. now one of the things to think about and this is we're giving general answers at this point is if what your particular challenge is or what you want to talk about is something that is causing you to be extremely um, having some dysfunction in your life. So if you call me up and say, I'm so depressed, I can't get out of bed, that for me is going to signal at least to get you someplace where you can have an assessment done to see what's going on. Because at that point, we may be looking into therapy. Also, please keep in mind that these things are not mutually exclusive. Um, I've yeah. had clients in coaching, believe it or not, who were also in therapy. But we work together to make sure there's no conflict there. Or I've had a client who I, we started in coaching. And even with being successful in their coaching, there were some things that they needed to handle therapeutically. So, you know, again, trust yourself, you're in judgment. If you don't know, ask, uh, find out. And if they won't give you the information that you need, you know, there are plenty of coaches. Yep. Well, thank you very much. Liz has had her hand up for quite Hi, can some you, time. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thanks very much. Um, question. Um, first of all, hi to everybody on the call. I recognize a lot of you from years ago, and we've all been in strong positions in the community for a long time. At least many of us have. And um, one of the things we've all noticed, of course, is that a lot of the people who really need coaching and assistance either can't pay for it or claim they can't pay for it. And it's a real stumbling block for them. So my question is, are a lot of your clients blind? Where do you get clients? And talk about that, because I'm thinking of doing uh, a coaching certificate, but I'd like to know the road in. For I'd like to do counsel blind people. I know about that. I'm successful as a blind person. But I want to know where you get your blind clients if you're working with them specifically. Thanks. Gabe, you want to go ahead? Sure. Um, so thanks for the question, Liz. Uh, that was my question a couple of years ago. Um, first of all, uh, obviously, some, some, definitely some coaches uh, are way up there. And I know the, the, um, the range of pricing has, has, has just gone <laughs> over the top. But um, I personally uh, follow Pam's model as well. We, I, I tried, uh, my, my passion is in making a difference, not in, you know, becoming rich. So I, I, I'm, I'm considerate with, with pricing structure. So I am not, um, especially if it's, uh, people who are blind. Now, um, there's one thing that, um, that I that I would love to tell you, Liz. I also thought that uh, I was going to be a good coach for blind people because, like I said, I'm I'm good at it. I'm blind, and I've, you know, one of the things in self managing as a coach is actually 
managing your areas of expertise because you don't want to, um, if, if I get a client who's you know new to the blind world, lost their sight last week, and I, and I've and I've, I've had years. You know, I the last thing I want is that coachee to feel bad or to feel, oh my god, when am I going to be like him or when am I going to be completely rehabbed like like all the other blind people that I know. So uh, so it, it, you got to be careful because it's always good to have that that those you know those. The, the, that know-how or those expertise under your belt, but you always have to be very, very careful with how you self-manage uh, those uh, areas of expertise. You don't want to make them feel like, oh my God, I'm never going to be like that. I'm never going to get to that point. So um, I don't know if that answered your question. I don't well, know sort of. I, I do get that. I understand exactly where you're heading, actually, okay. because um, I'm the one who's been... Um, uh, facilitating braille together for the past a uh, little less than a year and it's uh, uh-huh. i've learned i've learned at least as much as as the people in the mm-hmm. group have taught have, have learned and um, yeah. a lot of it is around self-management and it's really useful but my question is where do coaches tend to get clients from once they get their coaching certification there okay, are a little webs- oh, oh okay Go ahead, oh, no, go ahead. I, I, okay, I was going to say really quickly, go. there are um, websites where people go to look for, for, for coaches. And um, there are um, also groups on social media where people go to look for coaches. And a lot of it happens with, uh, through referrals. Believe it or not, I've had also uh, what Pam said at the beginning. I've heard a lot of people telling me. I want, you know, sighted people or non-disabled people saying that they want a blind coach. Why? Because they know that a blind person will have a lot of uh, the listening skills more, more in tune. And, and that's what you need. In, in coaching, you need three levels of listening. And the, and the better you listen to a person, the less distracted you are by the verbal or the visual or all the, you know, colorful things in a screen or in, in front of a person or whatever, wherever you are, the better the coaching is. Yeah. And I think, Liz, a couple, something you hit on that I think is very, very critical is if you are considering a certification program going into this, any program should teach you three things, the nuts and bolts of coaching, the practice of coaching, and the business of coaching. Yes. So that when you walk away from that, you know how to market based upon to whom you market. Okay, so in my case, because um, my coaching, you're, you're going to be taught how to, first of all, look at who it is you want to coach. Because here we go, and I'm just going to tell you straight up, the specialists basically make the money, just like a doctor. Okay, because they are specializing, and that's where people want to go. Can you help me with what I am dealing with? That kind of a thing. So um, one of the things you can do, and this kind of goes back to where Anthony was going, is that you will find coaches in every price range, okay? Now, my clients, because my, my practice is always changing, sometimes it's mostly blind people, but I'm finding sometimes it's not. Um, I'm finding referrals, so word of mouth, but also, again, because mine is 
faith-based, and often a lot of times what I'm dealing with is meeting people in grieving situations. I bet you I know every undertaker in Philadelphia, okay? So (laughs) see, once you do that, you will know to whom you should discuss it. So one of the ways I have gotten clients through rehab professionals um, who've referred to me, but I want to clarify something because sometimes people will come to me and say, will Vogue Rehab pay for this? No. And frankly, Vogue Rehab should not because what they're going to want that I'm not going to give them is reports and frankly to control what you're doing. Oh, girl. No, I really support you on that. (laughs) I I, I think this is insidious and I've had too many people come to me and say things like, will you talk to my what a blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, no, this is your job. I don't want to read your reports. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this. This is your job. You're separate. Um, if you will give out your information, Pam, if you can send your um, email to brl at earthlink.net, I would really appreciate it. That is not my personal email. I can give that out here. Brl at earthlink.net. It's also the one that's listed under the Braille Together send mail link. And Liz, that's the well, way Liz, to do I that. Don't we want to go against. Uh, yeah, I get sorry. that. I, I totally get yeah. that. But if you would do that, I would really appreciate it. Pam, you and I know each other. We've met at various times. I know. We haven't seen each other since the Boer War. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. Catch you later. But thank you. And okay. and go, girl. I used to live in Philly, so I, I'm a, I'm a uh, former uh, 36th Street and... Uh, and Walnut Street resident. Whoa, so. by University of Pennsylvania. R- yeah, yeah. With the carrier, however you want to handle it, letting people know how to, you know, get our information or, yeah, you know, what yeah. they're if supposed can, to do. If you I'd can read a, we, yeah, we that's a private, do that. that's a public yeah, email, can, so you yes. can send that. We'll Thanks. take care of that. Thanks, yeah. Terry. Yes. Okay, thank I'll you. take care of that, no problem. Okay. All right, and we have one of the call, and then, and we need to make it a little short, I'm afraid, is uh, Beth. If you want to unmute Beth. With star six. There you um, are. Hello. There you are. I was just wondering, sometimes your insurance won't pay for a, like a counselor and then a life coach. I've been wanting a life coach for years. And um, some of these counselors don't know how to be both. And Well, New Mexico is very behind the times in some things. And... Um, and they won't can't even tell you where you can find a good life coach. <laughs> and they're supposed to be your counselor or therapist, you know. Well, yeah. um, insurance does not cover life coaching. And here again, we have the same problem. I'll try to keep this short mm-hmm. for time. There are three reasons why I don't take insurance. Number one, it requires me to give you a diagnosis. So once you do that for the rest of your life, if anyone asks you whether or not you have been diagnosed with a mental illness, you have to say yes, okay? Number two, I've never liked, and and then as we're going through treatment or, you know, what I have to do in order to be able to keep your insurance paying is say, well, you're getting better, but you're not quite well yet. And I just (laughs) at times felt I was not being honest. And then the third um, piece why I do not take insurance is because too many people in insurance companies handle the file. And I've always had concerns about confidentiality. So there, I do know therapists who do not take um, insurance, but many of them will do a um, 
give you a bill that you can take to your insurance company, and in many cases they will uh, reimburse you or they use a sliding scale or um, the way I've always done it, just because of my own personal commitment, 10% of the hours that I use for um, life coaching are done pro bono. That means they're free. Speaking of that. Okay, well, thank you. I echo everything Pam said, (laughs) because I'm on on the same page. Speaking of that, I'm going to ask a question, and that is, for, you know, maybe just for some life improvement, life improvement kind of things, or maybe exercise. I'm not talking about getting into the major leadership, professional health care, those are the really highly specialized areas. Um, what kind of, are we talking oftentimes, just in general, how many times a week, how many hours a week might this be, to, might one be the, committing to or a month or how, how does that work? You mean coaching hours? Or yeah. To me? Yeah. Yeah. Like if and I, what's your schedule look like? My schedule is uh, typically I see clients either uh, once a week or two or every other week. So either four times a, a month or twice a month. And typically a coaching has a coaching relationship um, my, my standard is, should not be, uh, done for more than seven months. And that would be like the once or twice a month would be for an hour or yes, half a day, I do. like an I hour. Do an, no, I do. I'm sorry. I mean, yes, I do an hour. Yeah. I was just curious. And Pam, I assume you don't yes, have anything major is- difference. Yeah, well, mine is, first of all, I only coach on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays because I need Monday and Friday to catch up and, and take care of myself personally because that's the other thing you got to watch out too. So those mm-hmm. are the days that I coach on, and I um, limit my coaching to only 10 hours a week, okay? Again, uh-huh. because I need to be able to take care of things. Again, about an hour session. Now, um, mine often has had to be um, like a person might start with four, okay, depending on what we're looking at. If you're looking to get a job, we've got to do some work in the beginning. And then as time goes on, it may change to um, once or twice a month. I, I thank you. That's interesting. Ray, do you want to give uh, let people know while we're um, – and if you would let people know how to raise your hand, and then I will ask Ann Brush to okay. speak okay. next and, while they're uh, raising. So for those who uh, do not know, you need to refresh on raising hands. If you're on a PC, it's Alt-Y. On the Mac is Option-Y. On the smartphone app, it's the More button. Double tap that, and under that, you'll find a Raise Hand button. And on the telephone, it's Star 9. Uh, when we call on you and to unmute, it's Alt-A on the PC, Command-Shift-A on the Mac, uh, mute button, lower left corner on the smartphone, and star six on a regular phone. And Ann Brash, go and ahead. Ann. Yes, I, I just wondered what the general price range is. Go ahead, Gabe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you don't want to ask that question. Uh, no, that was a joke. Um <laughs> So, so I, I don't know if we're allowed to say, but you know, you can find coaches 
anywhere pricing their coaching hour from $80. And I kid you not, I trust me and Pam, correct me if, 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 mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, but I've seen coaches charging up to five or $600 an hour. Yeah. Yes, sounds, the, the range sounds can, like I'm an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Yeah, the range can be very, very different depending on how you're taught to price. Um, that's one of the things that comes up in the training because it also has to do the area in which you live. Yeah. So, for example, in, in Philadelphia, it, a starting rate would be $150 an hour. Okay, but that doesn't mean that a coach has to charge that. And... Um, also, for me, I really don't do an hour. I do a package. So it's actually a package that costs a certain amount for three months, and then we break it up into the payments if you um, prefer to do it that way as opposed to paying it um, one at a time. So my packages depend upon what you get in the package. So, again, that gives, I think, people room um, to work some things out. The other thing that I'm looking at doing, I'm actually hopefully get to be doing it soon, is group coaching. Because group coaching makes it, it more affordable for some people. So usually I've seen group coaching for, you know, like it'll be two ninety nine for six weeks or something like that, and people are able to pay that. Um, and, and so, again, that makes it a little bit more affordable. And group coaching does work. I've done it. I've been a person who, you know, so group, individual. I think, again, like Gabe was saying, because what I want to do is, again, do my best to make it affordable for you. That That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, we're on the same page on that one. I, I also do the same as, as Pam was mentioning. I also do packages instead of pricing per session. But, I, you, you know, I'm... And we also, I mean, uh, from from what Pam was saying, I, I think we're both also practicing the same or following the same model where we do a sliding scale depending on the person, mm-hmm. um, their needs, and and their you know financial capability. So so yeah, I, I think we're well, both here I, in the business good. to to help, not to make money. And one of my clients said something to me, and I thought it was very interesting. He said, well, I'm willing to pay the fee because if you're going to help me get a job making $100,000 mm-hmm. a year, I w- see, so you want to be careful as a coach. Don't price too low. You can do that, yeah. too, so that people yeah. will, will not value the service that you provide. A very good point, actually. That often can happen in almost any kind of entrepreneurship or sole proprietorship of a, of a business. You know, I think that was a problem that happened with Randolph Shepard with uh, a lot of mm. the Randolph Shepard stands. You know, they were still charging 20 cents for a cup of coffee when people say, well, oh. never mind, I'll go to the Starbucks next door and pay 350 because theirs is better. <laughs> exactly Anthony you have something else you want to add and then we're going to have to start to wrap up because I have a couple of announcements after that well maybe Anthony and Lori actually Jared do <laughs> you, want, you want to take Lori because Anthony's already had a chance to speak yeah go ahead with Lori first okay Lori go for it hello um, Terry hey. I love your show but it's not always at a good time so do you podcast this or does it get podcasted? Yes. Not yes. you personally. You know what I mean. 
Yes. Okay. So and I yeah. I it, look- as a matter of fact, it's going to be one of my announcements next week. Okay. Fabulous. Just exactly how to get to them and all of that. And Larry Gasman, I need to talk to you about that too um, afterward. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's going to it's going to be coming out in a general announcement. Uh, there's several things that are going to be coming out in a general announcement within the next week to do with visibilities. And that's one of them. We do podcasts. Um, we apparently, we also do some replays of the show, though I don't have the schedule for it. Um, we, I, I came upon it by accident recently. Uh, all of a sudden we turned on media one night and Frank said, did you know you're on now? And I said, um, no, I didn't. <laughs> so there are several. Turn it on, you're hearing yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I sound We're dreaming. like. dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> but at the moment, I want to thank both Gabriel and Pam um, for letting me borrow them for this hour. It's just. This has been wonderful. I want to give each of you another minute or two to, uh, and for anything else that we've missed on here this evening that you would like to impart to all of our uh, many, many, many thousands of listeners. <laughs> so this is Pam, and I'm, you I'm, can go, I'm go far, Pam. You go first. <laughs> okay. You know, I I really want to say to you that. This is something that can really have an impact on your life. And I would encourage you, even if you're not sure, go for the sample session to see what it's like. And even if it's not for you, it may be for someone else. And I also would encourage you that um, if you're thinking about going into this field, um, let's have a conversation so that we can talk about some things because there are some dynamics before you put your money out there um, to go into this. But again, Always happy to serve and look forward to talking with you again. And thank you, Terry, for the opportunity. By the way, another way that you can get clients is public speaking, like being on visibilities. And when they need somebody to do a workshop and things like that, that is big on how to get clients. And I've gotten clients through that kind of thing. So that's it. (laughs) And Gabriel. I also want to thank you, Terry, and uh, the entire ACB community. Um, um, Like I said earlier, we are here to make a difference. And uh, I I just love that moment of uh, evoking that transformation in people's lives and uh, being a witness and holding their hand as they navigate through the ocean of their inner self and bring that out and and start seeing the transformation and the changes and how alignment brings everything to possibility <laughs> and um i i just want to remember remind everyone there's nothing wrong with you it, you are all naturally creative resourceful and whole and uh hence my website can, can i give out my website terry or, or yes, yes, you can. Okay. So hence the name of my website and my coaching practice is be your own beacon. <laughs> Don't follow any beacons from outside. You can be your own beacon. My website is beyourbeacon.com. And I took my website down because it wasn't accessible even to me. So <laughs> 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 I have another one up. <laughs> 
<laughs> not a good idea. Well, if anybody wants to get a hold, get in touch with Pam, get in touch with me, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll give you her. <laughs> we'll we'll uh, and I'll put you in touch with Pam. Um. I, all right, I want to thank you all, Anthony. If you are still on, I want to do a couple of things. And you and you and I'd love to have you give them a, about a ten second, well maybe fifteen, on um, what's going on this Sunday on Sunday edition. Uh, in the meanwhile, well you're getting back on. I will say next Tuesday on Tuesday topics that Paul Edwards does is going to be all things Braille. Is they're doing all kinds of things on Braille on Tuesday topics next Tuesday. And one of the things in particular that I've, um, I'm very pleased with is many of you that have been around for years may remember Judy Cannon. And Judy wrote a wonderful article this year for the Perkins Alumni Newsletter that's called The Perkins Brailler Turns 70. And it's, wow. I believe it's going to be in the February issue of the E-Forum. And she is also going to be uh, one of the guests on Tuesday Topics. And I've got one that acts that old. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think she's had hers since about four years after it started. Or something. It was in the yeah, first grade, I think, when she got hers. I got mine in 1960. I think ours is 1961 in this wow. house. <laughs> wow. Um, but they're doing all things Braille on Tuesday Topics. Next Friday night, here on Visibilities, I will have Ms. Ms. Janet Dickelman on for, with, a, with a totally different hat. She will be on representing the awards committee and the BOP with about the awards. And we're going to talk a little bit more about who some of the awards are named after um, Ooh, and nice. how the roles nice. that they played in ACB through the years. People nice. like Jim Olson and Gerald McDaniel and George Card and Ned Freeman and people like Marjorie Beeman, who still plays a major role. Um, and that will be next Friday night on Visibilities. And the following Friday night, um, well, the following week yep. is a whole story that Anthony and Paul <laughs> and I are, uh, all three shows will be involved with the Legislative Seminar and Leadership Conference that's coming up. And we're each taking a, a segment of it to it's work like on that for that pie. following yeah. week. Yeah, and, I'm really uh, excited about that. <laughs> yeah. So what are you doing on visit on um, the Sunday edition this week? This week, you just heard Lori. Um, so Lori and Tori are going to talk about the successes of um, the APS uh, in New York. Oh. And Patrick Sheehan <laughs> is going to give us a nice history lesson and some I just found out that if you rapidly press that button, um, and hopefully he'll explain it again, you can actually get your street crossing where you are. I never knew that. So oh. we're going to get some history and some some tips and tricks, as well as what's going on with the lawsuit and how other municipalities can do it. And that whole week, um, the starting Monday the 7th, um, Tuesday the 8th on Tuesday Topics, we're going to be doing um, all leadership training. Uh, Paul's doing communication. You're doing um, getting your your appointments and I'm doing introducing the imperatives on Sunday edition. So we look forward to all participation. And with that, I'm going to thank you all very much because I think we've probably run over in time. Take care, folks.